It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings postcast, breaking down the 20-17 loss the Vikings suffered at home in their classic uniforms to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, honoring the classic Vikings in two ways. One, by outgaining their opponent by over 100 yards and finding a way to lose. And two, by playing really bad against the Bucs. <laughs> uh, that is a disappointing loss that it feels like there were so many moments where if, if, you, if you just overturn one or two things and the Vikings could just stay out of their own way, they should have been able to take that one. But alas, give the ball up three times, key penalties at key moments, that's going to be what happens. That's the headline for me. But what about you guys, Sam? What is the headline of this game for you? Yeah, um, uncomplimentary football. You know, you strive to have a three-phase effort. And in the first half, when the defense was completely shutting down Baker Mayfield, made him look unbelievably mediocre, uh, the offense couldn't take advantage. Ed Ingram's limbs get in the way again, knock the ball out of Cousins' hands. You've got an, an interception at the goal line. So you feel, I think, pretty demoralized being tied at halftime. It was 10-3. That might have felt okay. But then the late touchdown inside of two minutes. Um, and it felt like 2021 all over again with the two-minute collapse. And then special teams, you know, with the penalty on Jay Ward that opened the door for a Bucks touchdown. Um, and then Najee Thompson misses a tackle down the stretch that allows him to return it 20 yards. All three phases had their moments where they just they couldn't sync up in this one. And it's a terrible, 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 terrible loss with what you have coming up on the schedule. Uh, it doesn't look pretty now with Philly in four days. Ron, what about you? What's your major headline takeaway from this game? This was the game where blank. Yeah, this is the game where Kirk Cousins throwing for 344 yards. You, you would have assumed it would have been fireworks, electric. It seemed to I me mean, to be here at the stadium. It seemed pretty mundane. Uh, it seemed pretty lackluster. Like there were moments, you know, the Justin Jefferson catches, the Jordan Addison touchdown, but then they were so far and few between, you kind of forgot you were in a football game. Like it, it, the crowd was sitting on their hands for a lot of the game until the defense got into those third down situations. So it, it just didn't have the feel of an opening day game. I don't know if it's so much build up to the season, so much of the 13 and four last year where fans were coming expecting to see a blowout victory. Um, I think they forgot they were in a football game. It, it seemed like there were times where the offense just was real stagnant and some of the play calls and some of the routes. You see guys in the same position. You see Justin Jefferson run a hitch where uh, I think Jordan Addison ran a flat route. You're like, wait, that doesn't go together. So there are a lot of little things um, for me that I feel like in this offense has to get better. And, yeah, you're right. Four days rest going into Philly. The one thing is they didn't get beat up too bad by the Bucks. So physically, they should be better, but they're not going to have Garrett Bradbury. I'm guessing that back is not going to be ready for Thursday night. Uh, Austin Schlotman, honestly, you didn't notice he was in there, which is great. Like he wasn't, he wasn't getting bullied or or beat up. But the Philly defensive line is way better than this Bucks defensive line. I think of all the things that bug me about this game, and there's a lot of things that bug me about this game. Uh, at the very end, the the drive at the end where they basically ran the clock out with like four minutes to go, and and ate up all the Vikings timeouts as well. One team was still being physical and the other one wasn't. And, and that ended the game. You saw, you know, Rashad white get hit at the line of scrimmage and fight and fight and fight and fight carrying four Vikings for three, four yards, just enough to set up a manageable third down that can't happen in the end of a game. Uh, especially when the second half was, I mean, 
eaten up. There, you had one drive in in the third quarter as a defense, one seventeen play drive, and then one seven one sixteen play drive on the other side. So I'm not. You can't say you were fatigued, right? They said on the broadcast they talked about how week one conditioning is is the hardest part. But I, I don't know. I think you just kind of got out muscled at the end there. As much as we can say, yeah, they were they they outgained them, and and it was just penalties and turnovers, and we just got to clean up the stuff. Don't get out muscled at the end too. Get the ball back. Give yourself a chance. Yeah, you don't want to be on the wrong end of a Baker Mayfield stiff arm. If I'm not mis- yeah. if I'm not mistaken, didn't he try to stiff arm someone when he played for the Browns here the last time as well? Uh, Baker Baker's just feeling himself, I guess, against the Vikings in this building. Yeah. Um, but it, this and is Baker's the, house. And I, I, yeah, I hate to say it, but it seemed like the Vikings rotated pretty liberally on defense too. They should have had fresh legs. They played almost everybody who was eligible on on that side of the ball mm-hmm. throughout the game, but. In the second half, the third downs got a lot more manageable because the Bucks were way more efficient. I think they started 0 of 6 on third down and finished 6 of 11. Uh, toward the end, they had some conversions that were, you know, third and one, third and four, and then the killer, the third and 10 completion at the very end. If that's mm-hmm. not converted, then we might be looking at a Vikings uh, last second miracle victory. But alas, uh, they got pushed around a little bit in the second half, and and the Bucks moved the ball in the fourth quarter, and the Vikings. Uh, really went backwards on two drives and couldn't get a first down on their final two possessions. Ron? Yeah, with, with you think about the time of possession, it was deadlocked. Both teams had the ball for 30 minutes. Uh, one team ran the ball better than the other. One team passed the ball better than the other, and it was clear and cut. The problem is, like you said, I think Luke's right at the end, the physicality. This was a Bucks team that, from the start, set the tone with Antoine Winfield, some big hits, uh, some big sacks on Kirk Cousins. And then at the end of the game, again, being able to run the clock out that four minute offense uh, where the Vikings offense ran the ball, what, 41 yards, I think was the total yards rushing. So when, when that happens, like you could say, OK, Dalvin Cook's gone. You could say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, that offensive line has to be more physical. There were times where the defensive line was pushing into, I mean, uh, the, the big, the, 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 the uh, what was it, the uh, tight end screen they tried to run with T.J. Hawkinson. You see Ezra Cleveland just kind of get like thrown out of the way and like he blew up TJ Hawkinson. If he holds that block a little longer, maybe TJ Hawkinson makes that first guy miss and then he gets, you know, gets out the gate to the side because there was nobody else out to the left if he keeps his guy and Ezra Cleveland just didn't do it. And then in the, in the clip after TJ Hawkinson is hit, you see Ezra Cleveland running the wrong way as if he had just gotten like told to go to his bedroom. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's telling. When you see the offensive line do that, the Ed Ingram hitting Kirk Cousins, that's just nerves. That's just trying to get to a spot too soon. You see the big blow up in the backfield. I think Alexander Madison got hit in the backfield. Vita Vea just blows through the defensive or the offensive line. It, it, it went both ways. Their defensive line was more physical than our offense, off, our offensive line. And then their, their offensive line at the end just kept that intensity going where it felt like the Vikings, again, I think we were spoiled. I think we were spoiled last year by these 13 and four last minute victories. Where maybe this team had a little bit of like, oh, you know, we got the fairy dust. It's going to work. We're going to get this done in the end. And it, it takes more than fairy dust. You got it. You got to be able to stop a team from running the clock out at the end of a game. Yeah, to to get that fairy dust, to get those close games, you you have to be able to make that stop and get the ball back. And for as aggressive as this Brian Flores defense is, they were punished at the end there. And that's going to kind of be the world that we live in. But I'm curious, this was sort of the unveiling of the full-throated Brian Flores defense, um, you know, not holding anything back, not the vanilla preseason version. What did you guys think of what he was doing schematically and the the pressure it was able to generate and kind of how 
that uh, played out over the course of the game. Yeah, first half, it was really enjoyable to watch. I think that he was really going full Flores. Seven guys at the line, eight guys at the line, dropping in coverage, confusing the Bucks. Benton Whitley uncovered off the edge, leaping over Baker Mayfield. Just good stuff was happening, and it was helping the secondary because they had so much pressure, and Baker looked flustered. And I, I was holding back from tweeting snarky stuff about Baker because I knew it could change, but he looked awful. Everyone looked awful. And then I think Flores... Uh, and give the Bucks credit. They they adjusted. Baker knew where, where to go with the football facing blitz. And I think Flores dialed it back and kind of got caught a little bit in no man's land, not knowing, okay, like, am I going to go full-fledged, zero blitz here? Am I going to show the seven, the eight? Because um, he did soften up the looks once the Bucks beat them a couple times. And, you know, you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. And it yeah. seemed like in the second half, he didn't really know to put the pedal down or to ease up all the way. So I, I liked it the first half, what I saw, but you got to have an answer to adjust when teams start uh, having those, those hots, you know, to beat the blitz when you show it. Yeah. I'd say for Brian Flores, he did a good job. I do agree. 63 yards passing for Baker Mayfield. Second half, he finished with 173. So a little bit better, but this is the thing I noticed in the second half. And, and I got to give credit to Tom Moore, Tom Moore, who is the uh, offensive executive assistant for the Buccaneers. He's been around football as long as forever. He was there when I was born. That's how old Tom Moore is. He was at the hospital or, you know, was in the Steelers facility uh, when I was born. My dad, he tells me that story all the time about my dad bought me back, you know, after I was born and I was 11 pounds. Um, but Tom Moore, seeing him walk around the field, he has something that a lot of offensive coordinators don't. He was able to learn from Peyton Manning, but also help Peyton Manning as well. And what he did with Baker Mayfield was not even close to Peyton Manning. But what he did do was give him the ability to get to the line of scrimmage. You saw it a couple of times when Harrison Smith walked up, and I forgot the other person that walked up. He pointed to both of them. I don't know what he said and did, but it forced Harrison Smith to kind of get out of there. And then when Harrison Smith did come, they were ready for him. And so that's the key is he got him ready in the second half. So maybe it took a half for him to say, hey, I don't really know what Brian Flores is going to do to us. Let's, 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 let's see if we can hold on to this monster, which they did. They went to the half tied up, so it's still 0-0 in their mind. Second half, they said, hey, look, this is what we can help you with, Baker. You just have to trust. So you saw a lot of pointing, a lot of like fake goals like Peyton Manning would do. He'd watch those guys move, and then he'd change the play, and it worked just enough. Like you, you only have to win by one, and they won by three. Like you don't have to blow teams out, mm-hmm. and the Buccaneers did exactly what they need to do, which is keep the Vikings close. That offense, everybody was saying how high-powered this offense is. They said, let's just keep it close, and we have a chance to win, which they did. Yeah, and I want to dive in more to what exactly happened to the offense in the second half because they they had one drive and everything else was pretty catastrophic. So let's dive into that. But before we do so, this uh, Locked on Vikings postcast is brought to you by LinkedIn. You can post your job for the September hiring surge at LinkedIn Jobs. You can just go to linkedin.com slash NFL and post the job for free. LinkedIn has all kinds of great tools and uh, things like screening questions that can help you pare down a giant stack of resumes and give you something that actually works for you and your company and your unique needs. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn the number one place to find candidates that work for your job. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Let's dive into what happened on offense here because the offense for the beginning of the game, they, they started very slow. I think they had one drive where they even got a first down and they fumbled and then they had a fumble on a, on a third down and two other three and outs. Then they put something together and they drove down the field, touchdown to Addison, drove down the field, field goal, got things going a little bit. But then when things uh, slowed down again at the second half, it seems like we've kind of got the same team as last year where it was streaky, where you're like, man, that was an abysmal first quarter. That was the worst first quarter we've seen since 1986. And then explosion. And then that was the worst fourth quarter we've seen you know, three and out with what was the last chance to to tie the game up to lose by three. So what do you guys think happened over the course of halftime to really shore this offense up and, and make it completely anemic? But small sample size on this one. I mean, you, you applaud them for, was it a 16 play touchdown drive out of the gate? You, you tie the game up at 17 and then you have two, three and outs. That's it. You had, three second half drives. So the two, three and outs, what happened? A first and 10 negative yardage tight end screen to TJ Hawkinson, loss of three, loss of four. And then you end up mm-hmm. in both instances in a third and seven. The first time Cousins overthrows Osborne, execution mistake. And then Cousins tries to find Addison. Great breakup by Carlton Davis. It's as simple as that. You got to be more efficient than losing three and four yards on first down. I don't know if there's much more to it, Ron. Yeah, I, I'm looking at these stats, and so the one thing I'm noticing is in the fourth quarter, they had one rushing yard, one. Like, you you literally can't win games with one rushing yard in the fourth quarter. And so, and then and I think it was 16 rushing yards in the third quarter. And so the Buccaneers figured it out. Like, they're not going to run the ball. They don't have Dalvin Cook. They don't have a homer. Because Dalvin Cook even said this last year. It was like, I think it was the Colts game. Just because we're down doesn't mean we can't run the ball because I'm a home run hitter. I don't know if they feel like Alexander Madison is even that when it's a tie game. Like it was, it was very interesting to bring back TJ uh, or sorry CJ Ham. Uh, you you bring in Josh Oliver. You talk about you, you have four tight ends on the roster, and then you don't run the ball. Like you you threw the ball weirdly with CJ Ham in the game a lot. You threw the ball oddly with some of these weird formations. Just put Jordan Addison in. I mean I, I hate to say it. I'm a CJ Ham fan. But you got to go full out past the bit. Like, you just got to pass it now. Like, if that's what you're going to do, do it. And that's why I think it went anemic. I, I think that, that this, whatever they put together this offseason and said we're going to force it to work, I, I didn't like it in the first week. Now, this is week one. The Eagles, I don't think, is going to make us feel any better. And that's the sad thing about it. We're going to have to wait till like, the Carolina Panthers maybe to be like, oh, okay, I see what this offense should look like. Because right now it's, it's weird. Like, it feels like this is a Kirk Cousins year that should be able to throw for 400 yards a game but they feel like they're tied to the run a little bit. And so who cares? Like just throw the, like 
Patrick Mahomes rarely runs the ball. So nobody notices that. Maybe stop saying we're going to run the ball and just say, look, Kirk Cousins is great. We're going to throw the ball and let's move on. And, and to the point that Sam made earlier in the show, there's a complimentary football thing here too, right? Where the, the Bucks take up half the third quarter with one drive and then they have another really long drive in the fourth quarter. And then of course they chew things up at the end. Like somebody make a play, right? That's what I was screaming at my screen. Like somebody go make, go be the playmaker. Um, but it was a lot of, you know, if they could get rid of the ball, if Baker could get the ball out before the the uh, the free rusher got there, there was always somebody open just because of the off coverage thing. And I think you just kind of have to learn how to play off man aggressively when you know that you're kind of defending a blitz and that they're responding to it with quick game. Um, so I guess here's the thing. This is one of those games that is it's just it, it deeply deflating, right? Where you come out thinking we were a 13 win team. Nobody believes in us and it's insane. We're going to go show the world. No, you didn't show the world anything. You showed the world that you can turn the ball over a bunch, get a horrible penalty offsides on a field goal attempt that ends up being a four point play. That's what you showed the world. But you don't really have time to mourn it because they're going to Philly. They're flying out what in like three days. <laughs> So what needs to happen between now and the Philadelphia game that can stop the Vikings from being the first team of the 2023 season to, to get their own tombstone? Boy, um, and you don't really have time to, to practice much either. I mean, you're going right. to lick your wounds. You're going to figure out if anybody's hurt. Garrett Bradbury, probably not going to play. Cross your fingers on Christian Derrissaw. Mm -hmm. um, take inventory of what happened, probably going to watch the film tonight and get all your film analysis done and then, and then move forward. There's a lot to like about what you show your ability to get Justin Jefferson, 150 yards. There's a lot to build on there. Um, can you actually turn this into a silver lining situation where you say, all right, some weird stuff happened. Ed Ingram knocked the ball out of his hands. Um, there was a free runner, Antoine Winfield knocked the ball out. We're not going to have three turnovers in the first half again. That was, that was crazy. Um, and say, all right, our offense did show enough that we think we can put points on the board still. I think you just got to, you got to have that mentality that if you're not minus three in the take, give you win this game, take care of the ball. Uh, that that's the angle I would take if I were trying to get this team right on a short week. I don't know what you can do. It is a short week. I mean, I'd say, first of all, throw this film away, like, right away. Just move on. Just get ready for the Eagles. They can actually start watching the Eagles game now. And this was sad. First drive, Eagles, 10 plays, 66 yards. They're in the red zone already on the nine-yard line of New England. So Jalen Hurts oh, wow. is pick, picking up right where he left off. He's, he's about to score a touchdown, most likely. Uh, he's got 22-yard pass and three for four. Uh, Gainwell has... 26 yards rushing on the first drive. So clearly this, this Philly offense is just what they did. The defense already stopped the Patriots early on too, so they're good. I mean, now again, this is the Patriots. Uh, but it's it's just one of those things where I don't know what you can do. There's only thing I'd say you could do, really, honestly. You're not going to be able to run the ball, I don't think, on Philadelphia. I think you literally have to go four to five wide, but it doesn't have to be all receivers. But whether it's Alexander Madison spread out, if it's TJ Hawkinson spread out, you got KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and Addison in the game. Get them in a situation where they're small and then maybe run the ball. Like you can still have six blockers with your tight end and your running back in the backfield. And then all of a sudden now they're in nickel or dime and you have a better chance to run the ball versus their seven man front. Their seven man front 
we already know is similar to the Jets, going to be one of the best in the NFL this season. Um, so that's if I'm Kevin O'Connell, I'm looking at what I did well, which is Kirk Cousins threw the ball well. How do I protect him? Maybe I have to shift emotion a little bit more. I got to get him out the pocket a little bit more. Um, but other than that, it wasn't like super like, whoa, these Bucks beat up the offensive line. They kept Kirk Cousins pretty upright for the most part. Um, and Kirk Cousins looked really decent escaping the pocket, too. So I think you have to throw the ball like this. This team needs to be that team. You don't draft a receiver in the first round to have him sit on the sideline. Yeah, and I think things just need to quicken up a little bit. That's yeah. what it seemed like to me, because a lot of those blitzes were it was seven man protection. So you're getting green doggers. That's linebackers that are assigned to a guy that is blocking and say, OK, if you're blocking, I'm blitzing. That's going right. to take a while to read out and, and develop. And those were the guys getting hits on Kirk Cousins, um, whether that's routes developing faster, Cousins going through reads faster, just sort of quicker execution. I think if some of that offensive stuff goes just a little faster and tightens up a little bit that will do a lot against the pressure. Cause I do, I agree the offensive line in pass pro when it was just, can they block the guy did well. It was when you ended up with blitzers, it was skill players. It was other guys that ended up having um, that causing a, a lot more of those problems, but you know, they don't get a lot of time to sit and dwell and think on it. Um, it's kind of like going to what there was a, a, a similar situation. It was the uh, the New England game last year after they laid an egg against Dallas and got blown out. They didn't have mm -hmm. any time to think about it, and they went and played well uh, against New England. So let's see if they can do the same thing against Philadelphia. You can find these postcasts uh, on the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel, or if you're an audio listener, you can find them on the Locked On Vikings feed. We'll be here doing these after every single game, rain, snow, or shine. So I hope you guys tune in. Come to the Locked On Minnesota Sports YouTube channel right at Triple Zeros, and you can find me and Sam Ekstrom and Ron Johnson breaking down the game. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will see you on Thursday. We'll see you in just a, a few days. So uh, don't, uh, don't fall asleep on them. It's a long season. A lot of games left to go. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.